Thank you. Welcome to our Global Grads series starring Full Sail International grads from all around the world as they reconnect and give back to you. This event is brought to you by the International Student Society. Um, we hope these discussions promote a sense of possibility, um, mutual support for our community, and, and maybe a, a little bit of imagination. Uh, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Full Sail One for all the latest updates, events, stories, discussions. Uh, to the folks in the audience, we highly encourage you to please ask questions. This is an awesome opportunity to connect with this accomplished alum. Um, and, and I know this is going to be a wonderful conversation. Um, so joining us today is a uh, 2014 master's de uh, degree earner in, in entertainment business, uh, Martina Nezovich. Uh, she's a 2014 entertainment business master's graduate, um, born in Germany, raised in Croatia, and is currently living in, in Florida. Um, after graduation, she joined the IMG Academy, the world's largest sports and educational academy, and has held three different positions um, at that uh, uh, company since then. Um, she's currently serving as the global outreach manager, um, overseeing IMGA's global business um, with, with a staff of 20, we have more than 20 offices in Japan, China, South Korea, Europe, and, and Latin America. Um, since graduation, Martina has gained experience in, in global sales, marketing, business development, um, and outside of work, she has built a community of, of 35,000 plus followers on social media um, where she shares her passion for sports and fashion. And, and there's so much uh, in, about Martina that we're, we're going to unpack today. And I'm, I'm very excited. Martina, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for the introduction. I'm super excited to be here and share my story. So thank you for the invitation. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and folks, I, I really want to highly encourage you. I can't stress it enough to please. I see the chat is already is already very active, and I, I would love to, for you all to be asking questions. Um, I feel like the audience always has incredible questions, much better than the questions that I ever um, am able to come up with. So please um, drop your questions in the chat. Uh, so Martina, if if I may, we'll just kind of dive right in, right from the right from the get go. Um, you know, how did you come across Full Sail? What were you doing prior? And, and what was your the kind of deciding factor to, to come to the United States and study at Full Sail? Sure. Well, it started since childhood. I was born and raised in Munich, Germany. My parents are from Croatia. And growing up, I was always fascinated by entertainment. I loved music, fashion, movies, sports. I always participated in it. And I always saw it's happening in the US. It always came from the US to America, uh, to Europe. And really from early on, my dream was I want to live in the US. I want to be part of that. I want to have a name within, within entertainment. Um, so after I finished school in, in Munich, I actually moved to Croatia, where I did my bachelor in um, entrepreneurial business. And during my time in Croatia, I was always looking for my next step. How do I, how do I live in the US? Um, and since my, my bachelor in business was really general and I, I had the fundamentals right, I also knew I wanna focus. I really wanna go deeper and narrow in, in what I wanna do. So I started researching, Googling online and uh, I just Googled entertainment related degrees and I came across Full Sail and I love the website. Um, I, called, uh, I called the school directly. I figured out it was in Orlando, which uh, actually matched perfectly. My then boyfriend, now husband was playing golf professionally and Orlando is the golf mecca in the world. 
Um, he was competing at that time all over Europe uh, and Croatia. So Orlando as a destination actually worked most perfectly. Um, so I flew out, uh, I attended one of the campus tours and just fell in love with, with the campus, how everything looked like, it felt like Disneyland, um, how, how nice the people were and looking at the class schedule and timing wise, everything just worked out most perfectly. And one month after the campus tour, I, I actually enrolled uh, in the master's program on campus. Excellent, excellent. So, so from a young from a young age, you kind of always had this mission, and I think that seems kind of like a common trend for full sail students, right? They have they have a, a goal, they've got a vision in mind, and, and they kind of always go and seek it out. Um, I really appreciate that kind of mindset. But when when you had first arrived in the United States, was it was this your first time here, or did you feel like comfortable here? Did was there any kind of um, cultural barriers that you had to overcome? Sure. So I, I felt like. Being a Croatian in Germany, I was already a foreigner in Germany. Then being a German in Croatia. So I, I got comfortable with the uncomfortable. So I was already <laughs> familiar with, you know, being, being a foreigner in a different country. So from a, from a language perspective or, or cultural perspective, of course, there were differences, but I wasn't scared of it. I actually embraced it because I already knew in Croatia when I studied uh, I spoke the language, but I never like wrote anything in Croatian before or read a book in Croatian. And that made me work actually extra harder than anyone else. So I, I've learned that mindset and, and that lifestyle already in, in Croatia. So it wasn't a big shock when I, um, when I moved to full sail uh, to, to the US. I've been previously in the US before. I've been to New York, to LA. So I already understood how everything looked like. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't a, a big change on, on that level. I see. Cool. 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 I, I love that idea of being comfortable with, with discomfort. That's such a, and I think for international students, maybe, you know, finding that comfort is, is could be challenging and, and, and maybe a little bit fun, kind of the adventure that comes with it. Um, for sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll, for us internationals, you know, we're leaving we're leaving everything behind mm. that we know. We're leaving our family, your city, your friends for that dream. And I like what you said before, that we all have that drive, that ambition, that dream. And I think that's the most important, that you have that within you, that you go and pursue it and you know it's worth it. So mm. I, I definitely think that was my driving force. And that's why I loved Full Sail, because I felt like I'm not the only one who thinks that way. I have so many other people around me with the same dream, with the same goal. And that's really the, the biggest thing for me. Absolutely. I, I, I love the, I love the, the sense that, you know, when, when folks do arrive and ideally the international community has a completely different experience, right? But um, ideally they find that community and they find that fit, uh, you know, the, the surrounding themselves with those people that are like, Hey, I'm, I'm a go-getter. I'm going to, I'm here to pursue my dream. Were there any kind of courses or, or, or instructors that really stood out to you throughout your master's program that you were like, yes, I know I'm here. I know I'm in the right place. Yeah. So for me, as far as classes, I loved how it already opened up with leadership and personal development, mm. which I absolutely love because that's I, I believed in that as well. Like, what is your belief system? Um, what is your what is your dream? What is a leadership? How do you build a name? How do you build uh, a community around you? So it already started off 
um, extremely strong, I felt, and very personal. Um, I loved brand development, which was, I think, month seven or, or eight, uh, and storytelling, which I feel is extremely important, especially in the, in the business world. Um, so I would say those, those two classes, leadership, personal development, and then storytelling and, and brand development were two of my favorite classes. And I've learned so much for life, not just, uh, not just for, you know, for as a student or for work related. Excellent. Excellent. And did you feel like, so, you, you know, you had your bachelor's degree in, in, in business prior to arrival. Did you feel like you kind of already had a lot of the tools ready to, to approach the program or um, was it very expansive, you know, going through your master's? It was completely different. So the European education is very classical. You study hard, it's long hours, it's written tests, less of interactive, uh, less of what, what are your thoughts about it? What is your opinion about it? Um, so I felt I had the fundamentals of studying hard and giving your all and, and outworking everyone. Um, but from at full sale, what I loved was just that interactive part. Like, what is your thought about it? Present your vision uh, about this. So it was much easier and, and more practical and, uh, and more, more modern, I would say, than, than anything I've experienced before. And cool. I love that mindset for sure. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. I, I, I like the idea of it being modern. Uh, Anna Ochoa is giving a, a shout out for storytelling with Ken. That must have been a good class. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Ken is the best. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Um, share a little bit about, you know, uh, the, the experience at Full Sail, of course, is unique. The month by month um, changes. Were you able to adapt to that? Was that something that you were comfortable with? Absolutely. I, I felt the tempo and being on campus was extremely important to me to have that personal mm. touch. Um, and I felt month by month, I got clearer and clearer on what I want. I got better in, in my written skills, in my presentation skills. Um, so I, I felt that I, in the beginning, when I came, it was entertainment business and I liked sports and, and fashion. And month by month, I felt like I went clearer and clearer in actually what I want. Um, so that that was for me the biggest part that really stood out. And I loved uh, seeing seeing my progress in myself, but as well as in my teammates and my classmates on, you know, how we presented in month one and then how we presented in, in month 10 was a whole other story. So I loved that progress. Cool, cool. That's cool to see. Uh, did you ever feel like, um, you know, uh, maybe there were moments of struggle or, or challenges where you're like, oh, I'm, I feel overwhelmed or, or uh, this is this is a lot to handle. And if, if you did feel that way, how were you able to kind of cope with those those changes and challenges? Sure. I, I always felt one of my biggest strengths was being that comfortable in, in the uncomfortable. Mm. Um, so challenges definitely were I, I felt alone in the beginning you know I left my family and my my friends in in Europe um, but I, I really built a strong connection with uh, with my boyfriend husband the two of us were a great team and then of course getting uh, to know people at full sale you know Alejandro uh, one of my classmates since day one we were friends and we're friends for life we're in touch. Uh, a lot we're doing now business together so I, I've built a lot of I, I would say the challenge was feeling alone in the beginning a little bit 
But then over over the weeks and times, uh, it I really got to know many many people for life, um, and not just you know not just for studying. And then another challenge would be um, I think the mindset of networking. For mm. me, I'm coming from Europe, and our culture is if you don't know somebody, you don't talk to them. Mm. And I feel in the U.S. it's exactly the opposite. You talk to people so that you get to know them. So I felt in the beginning a bit stuck and shy and, and, and nervous. Um, but then I, I realized um, what it means to network and it's all positive and it's all friendly. And I opened up and I've learned how to communicate. So that was those were two of the biggest challenges for sure. Um, and then I also got really overwhelmed in the beginning when I because when, when I started the program, I knew I want to live in the U.S. Even after full sale, I want to stay in, in the U.S. This is where I belong. Um, and then looking into the whole visa process, understanding what's OPT, what's H-1B, how do I actually stay afterwards? You know, in the beginning, that, that just seemed so overwhelming and, and complicated. Um, and I always say that I feel I did two masters. I did one in entertainment business and then the other one on U.S. visas because I, I had to <laughs> I had to learn everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I, well, that's definitely something I want to dive into, especially the OPT experience and, and, and things of that nature, because for folks that don't know, um, international students, they have uh, additional barriers uh, that they need to manage when coming to the United States. The OPT experience is uh, it's, it's known as optional practical training. It's the ability for F1 visa students or, or international students to stay for up to a year and in some cases up to three years on a visa extension where they're uh, permitted to work in the United States. And I, I just want to point out in the chat that, that you, what you were just saying about, you know, having those feelings of, of loneliness and those kind of challenges that it really resonated with the audience. Uh, Angelica said, oh, I know that feeling. And Chantanelle said, I, I have that feeling right now and it's, it's overwhelming. Um, so it's it's it, I'm happy to hear that you 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 felt that and 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 were able to overcome that. I think that's very important for you know our audience to be able to hear. Absolutely, I can totally relate. And the best thing I can say is speak about it. You know, there there's so many other internationals as you see just here. So many people can connect to that feeling, and you always need to look for things you have in common. So share it, share it, and and you will overcome it. Don't be afraid. Um, you know, we, we all go through the same and actually use that as, as uh, an advantage. I never saw it as a disadvantage that I'm an international student or an international mm. employee. I actually made this my strength, you know, from early on, um, you know, being, being uh, as I said, a Croatian in Germany, then a German in Croatian, then a European in America. Um, you know, that's my strength and it made me work harder than anyone else. Um, because I, I know I had to over-prepare. So definitely look at it uh, from a positive standpoint and, and not something uh, that you have to be scared of. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And, and folks are folks are in the audience really love that too. Uh, Chantanelle says that she totally applauds you. And uh, <laughs> it seems like Bernadette, that's resonating with Bernadette as well. Thank you. I, I would like to know, and I think we're, we're kind of dancing around the topic a little bit and, and you know, for folks that are entering the entertainment business uh, program, what kind of like specific advice would you give them about managing your time, managing projects, uh, uh, being creative and, 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 and developing your leadership? Yeah, so I think being clear, because entertainment business is, 
is a niche, but you have to find early on what is your niche within entertainment business. So definitely do on top of your classes, research on sports, on fashion, what, what are the areas, find your niche within entertainment business. I think that's extremely important from the beginning. Um, and to really get month by month, week by week, clearer on what it actually is that you want to pursue within entertainment business and do a lot of extracurriculum things. So read good books, watch mm. movies on that topic, attend, uh, attend different events on that topic, speak to other. Uh, I started to speak to the sports department to learn more about, you know, what is going on with, within the sports world. So don't be just stuck on, on entertainment business. Find your niche within that and try to connect to, to um, influences within that industry. That's my, that's my biggest advice. Um, but when it comes to, to month by month and the, and the class schedule, I thought, again, compared to the European uh, schedule, it was fairly easy if you stay organized, um, if you manage your time properly. Um, I don't see any challenges with that. I, I always thought it was it was really a fun experience. I never had any any problems on that part. Awesome, awesome. Uh, so uh, there's Chantanel asked in the in the chat uh, if you're familiar with any any music entertainment conferences that may be free or, or if, if or perhaps uh, folks that you know like Alejandro may may be aware of such things. Would you would you know anything about that? Music, not not specifically. I love, for example, uh, the Girl Boss Rally. Um, so I think for for her that would be something that's very interesting because it's entertainment as a whole. Um, they have different events digitally. They will start live as well. So that's one event that I, I would highly recommend, which is really hot right now within the entertainment industry, speci specifically for for female. Okay, awesome, awesome, hey, that, that, wonderful, wonderful. So I would like to kind of move towards um, uh, questions about OPT experience. Um, Anna had a question about your OPT experience, and, and it looks like Daniela is also wondering if, the, if there are more opportunities as foreigners in the U.S. Um, so if I may rewind just a second, when, when you were like approaching graduation, you know, what was going through your head? How were you preparing for those next steps? Sure. So even when I before I even applied to full sale, I wanted to understand, okay, what what is an F1 visa? What is the OPT afterwards? How do I actually stay in in the US? Um, and I already had a few companies in mind before before graduation that I, I, I want to find a way to be part of. Um, and for me, IMG, which is the biggest company within sports and, and fashion was always a dream. Um, so actually before, um, I think it was three months before graduation, I started to really dive into what is the OPT, when, uh, when does the H-1B process start, and I collaborated with the career development department. They, um, I, I will never forget, Kami Smith, she was my advisor, I told her about IMG and that I want to find a way into that company. And we started to research and I saw that there's an IMG Academy actually two hours from Full Sail University. So I started to, to Google what's, what's IMG Academy and I, I couldn't believe that, you know, what I saw, it was the world's largest sports and educational academy. It started out similar as Full Sail 40 years ago. The founder, Nick Bolitieri, 
he developed players such as Serena Williams, Agassi, Sharapova. So all those big tennis names started out there. Um, and I've asked Kami, can you can you help me? I, I want to see that place. I want to weigh in. Um, so actually, she was the one who called the HR department at, at IMG and mentioned I have this um, uh, graduate. She will be uh, graduating in August. Do you have any positions open? Can she just stop by and take a look at the place? Um, and I went, it was actually three months before graduation. I went on a tour just to see it and, and I fell in love with it. It was very similar to Full Sail, this huge campus Felt like Disneyland for athletes. Uh, everyone was achieving and on a mission. Um, and I just fell in love with the place. And I, during that tour, I never mentioned any, any jobs or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm graduating soon. I, I was just there to check it out and, and to see what it is. Um, and I guess I left a good impression. And two months after that tour, they actually called me and said, uh, we have a position as a golf camp sales advisor open if if i would be interested um, and then together with career development um, we actually started to research okay is img academy is it a global company how uh, are they able to take me on an opt are they able to do my h1b afterwards do they have long-term plans to to hire me um, so before I started the official interview process, I already brought these questions up. I, I told them my goal is to, I want to stay in the U.S. I see myself long-term in the U.S. I know you're an international large corporation. Um, do you take somebody on the OPT? And then number two, if I prove myself and this is a long-term plan, um, are you able to help me out with the H-1B? Mm. That was one of my my criteria before I even started the interview process, and um, they were pretty upfront with it. They they told me yes, we have a lot of international employees here. We have experts in the sports industry here. Um, if you prove yourself, we can definitely uh, work on the H one B for you. So my my advice for everybody here is. No one will teach you about the OPT or the H-1B process. It's really on you. If you want to stay in the U.S. since day one, you have to start learning about the OPT process, which companies do that. And then more importantly, afterwards, which companies can help you out with the H-1B. And in my experience and speaking with other international um, with other in, in, friends that I have here in the U.S., we all started out with bigger international corporations who are already familiar with the process. And um, I'd say that that's my, really, that's my recommendation for everybody is start learning about what is the OPT, uh, what is the H-1B process, uh, know that the H-1B process has to be submitted in April, so timing is also extremely important. Um, and be upfront with your with your employer. Ask them. Here, my my goal is to be long term with your company and with uh, within the U.S. Are you able to help me out with the H one B? So that's. Um, I think you have to be upfront and you have to start that learning process because it's very complex. It, I don't think it's enough to to start a month before graduation or you know you graduated and then like oh. 
what's the OPT and oh, there's then uh, this whole other thing afterwards, the H1B. So start since day one uh, to focus on it, to read about it, get educated about it and be upfront with the employer, even in the interview process. I, I totally 100% uh, appreciate the the upfrontness and and being knowledgeable about the process because it is challenging, it's confusing and, and uh, uh, you know, there's so many different aspects to it, right? And I, I just, what, what, I, I wanna drop in this link in the chat for the folks that are in the audience that are internationals. There is a workshop coming up on June 10th um, on the OPT application process. And I, I, I couldn't agree more with what Martina is saying about start as soon as possible to get familiar with the process. Um, and and you know, when, when you are going through it, uh, lean on your international advisor for, for, for the information that you might need. Um, so uh, there, th one question that Sharon had, which I'd like to, maybe you might have some insight on, how long was your, uh, actually there's a question that Sharon asked originally, which is, did you work while attending Full Sail? Which uh, for F1 students, they don't have permission to work um, while attending as an international student. They must exclusively attend uh, classes. Only after graduation and you're granted your your EAD card or your employment authorization document, are you able to, to work at, uh, in the United States? Um, so how long was, was your uh, OPT approval process about? So uh, for me, the OPT, uh, I received, I think it took me two months to actually get the OPT card. Um, I applied for it immediately. I think two, right when I started to talk to the academy, I, I applied for the OPT. It took me two months to actually receive the card and start working. And then my OPT was valid for a year. Excellent. And, and, and when you were, you know, having that information prior to and being upfront with IMG, when you were going through the, you know, interview process and, and um, having them look at your resume, were there aspects that were challenging or intimidating or did you feel confident in, in that process as well? Uh, it's always challenging, right? You never know yeah. how somebody would, um, you know, will react. But I always thought if I put myself in their shoes and I, I told them I'm, I'm long time committed into this. I believe in your vision. I believe in what you do. I want to be part of this. But this is one of my my criteria. And um, it was well received. I think it's always good to be transparent and be upfront in a professional way. You know, I came very educated. I showed them I know what the OPT is. I know what the H-1B process is. I understand the cost and, and the time frame, but I'm willing to give my all. Um, I'm sorry, my light just went out. Um, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll give everything I have while my OPT is here so that I can stay uh, long-term within, within the company. Um, and I think they, they appreciated it. And I would tell everybody the same um, the same advice, be upfront and transparent with it and come prepared. Show them I understand the timeline of this. I understand the investment from your part of it, but here's the value that I bring. And here's my long time, uh, long term committed to the, comp uh, to the company. And they loved it. They appreciated it. I know many other internationals who've done the same, um, the same approach. And it, it basically worked out for everybody. And when you were on your OPT, what kind of work were you doing for IMG? Sure. So I started out in sales, which is another advice that I, that I would have for everybody. Um, I was selling the golf camp program. 
Um, so at the academy, we have uh, we have a boarding school program and we have uh, summer camps, which you come in for a week, you uh, you learn the sport, uh, and then after the camp, you can transition into boarding school. So I was in charge of selling, it was close to $3 million in golf camps specifically. Wow. So <laughs> yeah, it was, it, it, the academy is huge. It's, it's huge revenue and, and big numbers. Um, and it was actually a team of 60 salespeople. We were all selling different products and different sports. So I had to become an expert of, of the product. Mm. What is the golf cam, um, you know, what, what, how do you sell it? And then I had to cold call. I had to cold call. I received a list of 50 people all over the world that I had to call and, and try to sell them a, a golf camp program. And it was extremely hard in the beginning. I never thought that I would cold call people. You know, I came with, I wanted to be part of the entertainment industry. So it was really hard in the beginning. But looking back, it was the best thing that, that I could go, uh, have gone through because I've learned uh, how to sell the product, the company and myself. And yeah. I think no matter what you do in life, especially in entertainment, you need to know how to sell yourself. You need to know how to sell the company you stand for, the brand. Um, so I feel that sales is a good foundation for everybody and it's easy to measure your success. You know, they tell you, okay, Martina, you have to sell $3 million. And I know <laughs> exactly by day, am I, am I on the trend to, to hit that number or not? I know if I'm performing or not, which is more challenging in like marketing or biz dev where you can't see that daily result or daily progress or, or trend. Um, so I, I really felt that uh, my first position within that one year was extremely important. It gave me the foundation and uh, I even went deeper into, so I knew it was entertainment business. I knew it was fashion and sports. Now diving into sales, I actually really liked it. Um, so after a year, I actually outsold everyone on the team. They had advice oh, wow. there for, for many years. Um, so I became the number one salesperson for camps. <laughs> uh, which, which was in, insane especially i remember uh you know telling my friends and everyone back in europe they're like what you're selling three million dollars in golf camp, <laughs> camp. Uh, so that was that was an insane experience but again um i felt that my my determination and my dream was much higher than anyone else and I've learned through living in Croatia, living in the U.S., I have to I have to be double prepared on the call than than uh, you know an English speaker. So I, I definitely I killed it within that first year, um, and I really proved myself. And um, then actually, what what happened afterwards is something I've never even dreamed about, and and I was open minded about it. So basically, at the academy. 50% of our student athletes and campers were coming from outside of the US. Mm. And we started to open up business uh, offices in our key markets. So we opened up in 2015, uh, an office in China, an office in Japan, and they were looking for someone to open up their office in Europe, in Barcelona. 
And they came to me, they told me, you know, Martina, you all told everybody, you are from Europe, you're actually the only European we have here on campus, oh, wow. would be willing to move to Barcelona and open up our uh, international office for Europe for us, for the academy. Mm. So I was like, oh, I, you know, I came to the US, I wanted to stay in the US, but this was too big of an opportunity to, to pass. Um, so two weeks after, after they offered me that position, uh, we actually relocated and moved to Barcelona. And um, I, looking back, I, I remember it was, I was doubting myself. I didn't know if, if it was the right thing to do. But before I moved, I've asked them in case in future, I do want to come back to the US. Uh, what are the opportunities? And they told me we're a big corporation. We have offices in every city, uh, almost. Um, if you really want to be in the US, try this position out, see what we can mm. do, what we can achieve. If you still want to come back to the US, we can help you out. So I kind of have that, I had that safety, uh, you know, that I could always come back to the US. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that, that part was, was crazy. In, in uh, Barcelona, I actually spent two years. And um, that's when I've, I've learned business development, marketing, brand positioning. So I had this, you know, this famous US Academy that I now had to position in, in Europe. Mm. And I was a one-man band. So I, was, I was sitting within the IMG office there. And I started slowly to learn, okay, how do I align the, the academies really like the Ferrari of, of sports academy? So how do I align that brand with, with European brands? Mm. So that's where I really learned, okay, strategically, you know, Europe is such a huge market. What are the sports I'm going to focus on? What are the markets I'm going to focus on? What are the events that I'm going to attend? Um, so those two years in, in Barcelona were huge for my development uh, because on top of sales, I've learned biz dev, marketing and brand positioning. And I felt like I went even deeper in what we talked about, you know, becoming clearer and clearer on what your niche actually is. In Europe, I've really learned I love business development. I love creating partnerships and relationships that didn't exist before. I love brand development. You know, the brand in, in uh, Europe didn't exist. Nobody knew what IMG Academy is. But after two years, people slowly started to, to understand. Um, so within two years in, in Europe, I took the market from 5 million to 7 million. And again, I proved myself. Um, and uh, after two years, they actually offered me the position to come back to Florida and oversee all of our international offices. So awesome. that was, you know, that it couldn't be better. I don't know if that would have happened if I stayed uh, in the U.S. with my with my golf advisor position. But after two years in, uh, you know, traveling all over Europe, attending the most amazing events such as Wimbledon and Roland Garros and the World Cup. Um, I relocated back to Bradenton, where, where the academy is based. This is where I am. So over the last four years, I'm in charge of their international business. Um, and when I moved into this position, uh, again, my really, I, I understood now what people management means. 
Because in the past, in, with sales, I was in charge of my success. All the numbers depended on me. In Europe, the same thing. I, I did add a layer of marketing and biz dev to it, but I was in charge of, of my own numbers and my own success. And now overseeing international offices and international people, my success relies on them. So really over the last four years, the main thing I've learned is people management. Um, and I really, um, you know, understanding what my, how my day, my week, my year looked like in Europe. Now I had to take that to Japan, apply it in China, apply it in South Korea, apply it in Mexico, apply it in Brazil. Um, so since I'm here for, for the last four years, I've been traveling to these markets and I really use what I even learned at Full Sail in my whole life is what is, you know, we all come from different backgrounds and, and cultures. So how do you adapt the IMG Academy brand in a certain market, in a certain culture? Um, so really, I, I understood over the last four years that global business and global sales, that's my niche. That's, that's who I am. That's what I want to do. That's where I want to really build my, my brand in. Um, and that's the biggest advice that I have for everyone is, you know, yes, entertainment is a niche. Sports is a niche. Fashion is a niche. But you have to figure out, okay, what is it actually that I'm good at and that I can do um, when you enter this industry? Well, I have to say there's certainly a lot of really interesting and rich information there that, that I want to unpack. One being global mindset, two being leadership development, and, and three being brand specialization. So I'd like to kind of dive into all those topics a little bit deeper. And it, it, I know that you've got a wealth of knowledge on those in those areas. I, I do want to rewind real quick just to go back to some of the audience questions. And I, I, I want to just say also thank you so much to the audience for continuing to participate and continuing to ask questions. I always appreciate that. Um, Daniela was asking, and, and we touched on it a little bit, and I kind of want to just expound uh, a little bit more. You know, do you think there are a lot of work opportunities as a foreigner in the United States? And, and actually, if I may parlay that into the having that kind of global mindset uh, that you have, do you, feel, do you find that it is your strength, that it is useful? And, and, and you have touched on this a little bit, but I'd, I'd just like to hear a little bit more of your perspective. Sure. Yes, I absolutely think uh, it, you, it's not limiting, you know, it's just a, another layer of paperwork that you have to do. Um, but you already come from a different culture, you already speak another language, you're already familiar with another market, you already know what it means, uh, you know, how to bring that US brand to your home country. So it's a big value that you already have and, and you have to package that and you have to tell mm -hmm. your story in, in that way. And I do think that especially in, you know, especially now with the pandemic, when everything is global and everything is connected and, and digital, we need global people, especially mm. in the US. The US is built on, it's a melting pot. So they need foreign people with different mindsets, with different cultures. It's good for every corp, for any any business. So become that person for them. Show them that you understand uh, different cultures, different mindsets. That you can advise them on. Yes, you have a U.S. product and a U.S. mindset, but if you want to take it globally or if you want to expand, you need different mindsets and different opinions and different perspectives. 
And there's always a need. I've never seen within IMG even, we're always hiring uh, foreigners. We always need people who think differently mm. in order to become better. So I definitely think there are opportunities. It's not an obstacle. It's just another paper paper that you have to get. That's how, that's how I, I look at it. I, I, I love that perspective and I couldn't agree more. I think it's clear that the, the trend is global, right? Everything, we're, we're, the world is, 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 is getting smaller and smaller all the time. So having that mindset and being wary and, 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 and bringing your culture, bringing your language, bringing your perspective to the table really truly is an asset for, for internationals uh, here in the United States. Um, Lauren wants to know, uh, do you have any tips about how to, uh, to move through um, uh, different jobs uh, at a large company like, like, like IMG? Because you had, so you had three jobs in total, right? You were at the Gulf, um, then you were doing sales in Barcelona, and then ultimately as a global outreach manager. How, how, how do you, you know, find that next plateau and make that leap? Yeah, so I, I always say don't wait until you have the title to actually do the job. Already mm. do it. When I was uh, a golf advisor. Yeah, and that, that's really, that's what I tell my team members as well. Don't wait for me to give you the title of head of recruitment. Do it already in your position now. Prove yourself that, that you know that you can add extra value to something, that you have a different perspective to something and the title and the salary will follow. Don't wait on, on the title or the follow to come to you. you. You already do it by yourself. And that's what I did with, with golf uh, camp sales. I started to sell it to different markets. I called European lists because that's, that's what I knew. And then I called and I saw, oh, WeChat is exploding with China. Let me post about golf camps on, on WeChat. So nobody told me to do that. I was proactive. I was looking for ways how to, how to sell better. And coming from a global mindset, that helped me. And then the same thing in, in Europe. I, I was selling all over Europe, but then I started to reach out to my colleagues in Japan and in China, and I recommended them, hey, go to ISEF. This event is awesome. It works very well for me. So don't wait. If you want to get promotions and if you want to move up the ladder, do it already in, in your current position. Don't mm. wait until they tell you, okay, now you have the permission to do that. I love uh, that. Is That is probably the, the single best advice I've heard in a long time. I love that idea. <laughs> I, I, it's true. It really, it worked for me and it, it worked for... For everyone that that I know, you know, so just do it. That's that's very that's a very ambitious mindset. That's that's really I think just incredible. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> Thank uh, you, uh, Shekhar uh, Sai, who's who. Actually, this is his first week um, at Full Sail, so welcome, Shekhar. Glad to have you joining us. Um, did you ever prepare a plan of what you would do if your OPT or or work visa had been rejected? I did, yes, I, I did. Um, I always had kind of a, a plan B in, in mind. Um, I knew that IMG had offices all over the world. So if this wouldn't have worked out, I guess I would have reached out to maybe their Paris office or their, their London office. Uh, my parents also have their businesses in Europe. So I always had something that I could come back to before full sale. Um, but I, I gave a hundred percent into my, into plan A and, and I never, you know, I didn't even want to think about plan B, but 
I did know there was some safety waiting for me in Europe in case this wouldn't work out. Excellent, excellent. And Chantanel has, has, has a similar follow-up question. And in the event that you did have to deal with rejection or, 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 or changes, what, what kind of mental state did you practice um, and, and how did that apply globally? So I, that's why I was so upfront with them on, you know, I, I want to stay in the US. I, I want to have the H-1B. Can you help me out with that? Yes. And then when they told me the position in, in Europe, in the beginning, I was like, I honestly, I don't want to do it. I like what I do here. I want to stay in the US. Mm. If I do a good job in Europe, what are my chances of coming back to the US? Mm. So I already, before I even left for Europe, I wanted confirmation that if I want to come back to the US and be on campus here, that they would help me out. And um, that's how I kind of eliminated that rejection. Uh, in case I do get rejected, can you help me out with plan B? So I, I was always upfront with plan A and plan B and, and try to get confirmation upfront from the employer on that. Excellent, excellent. And, and folks, I'm loving the questions coming through. Uh, 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 Amandis, uh, who is in, in, in the entertainment business program, um, I, I'm not, I, I don't know how, how much you can speak to this, but if, you, if you're aware of the advantage of, advantages of, of both the, the bachelor's and the master's program at, at Full Sail, um, do you think that they're, I'm presuming Amandis is, is in the bachelor's program, maybe thinking about the, the master's. Um, do you think there's an advantage to pursuing both Sure. I, I always think first you need a, you need the fundamentals. So I think the bachelor provides you the, the, the best fundamentals of, you know, what does business in general mean? What does entertainment in general mean? How do I communicate? What's leadership? What's time management? Um, getting to know people within your industry, having time to actually travel and explore different companies. So I feel the bachelor is really the foundation um, that, that should give you a general understanding and a general overview. Whereas the masters, I feel, is really becoming focused and finding your niche within entertainment. So if you can combine both, if, if the bachelor gives you the perspective, the understanding, the fundamentals, then I feel the masters is perfect to, to dive really deep into, into what you actually want. Um, if you, for example, like me, I feel I had my fundamentals already in business from Europe before, and I knew I, I just needed to go deeper into entertainment business. That's why for me, the masters made more sense. Um, so I think it depends on where you are in, in life, uh, where you stand, how deep or how clear or focused you are on what you want to do. Um, I think that that's for me, the biggest difference between a bachelor and, and a master. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a common thread for you is is is, is honing in that vision and and, and really um, making ensuring that it's it's the exact path that you're you're kind of on. And it seems like you have a keen insight into identifying that in yourself and in the market as well. Oh, for sure. I think the biggest thing is you need to you know you grow up when you do your bachelor's and and your master's. And I think it's about knowing yourself. And I think it's about going deep. Mm. Uh, I think that's the key. You need to become clear. You need to be become focused on what it is that you want. It's not enough to say, I like the sports industry or I like the entertainment industry. You have to figure out what it is within it. And my pathway was, okay, is it maybe sales? I like sales. Then I added marketing and biz dev to it. Then I added global sales to it. And now 
you know, after seven years, I, I realized, okay, it is global sales and biz dev within entertainment and, and sports. Um, so I think that's the, that's the job for everybody. And that's my biggest advice is become, go deep into your subject, mm. find your niche within the niche, uh, learn how to tell that story and then go to, to a place where you're surrounded by like-minded people where you can actually pursue and make that impact. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Masood has a kind of interesting question. And I think that uh, as generations change and, 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 you know, Gen Z is coming up and they've got probably all sorts of different ways to interact with the workforce. Um, what advice would you say to, to and I, I appreciate, I certainly appreciate the idea of doing that job without the title, go ahead and get, uh, do the job without the title. Is there any other advice you would, you would offer to uh, take that step ahead or, 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 or pursue your dream job? Yeah, I think personal branding is extremely important. Mm. Um, I think who you are and what you stand for has to match uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. And it has to match with the company that you work for. You know, your why and the company's why have to be similar, have to be the same. Uh, I don't think it will work for either one of you if it's not. So I think in, in today's world where everything's about social media, where Kinda Instagram and Facebook are becoming your new resumes in the entertainment world. Mm. Uh, so make sure that you understand who you are, what the, what's the story you want to tell and tell it through Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook. So and make sure that you find a company that matches with that. I think that's extremely important. I, I, this, I'm sorry, go ahead. Sorry, no, it, I think the times are over where you send, you know, 50 paper uh, resumes to any company <laughs> in, in the world. It's a whole other world now, you know, I, I think, and, and that's what I still do. I, I always try to connect to people in my industry and I do that through LinkedIn. I do that through, through Instagram. And I think it's extremely important that everyone is aware of the brands that they have. Uh, and that you use that as a tool in order to get where you want to go. I, I, I want to pause here and, and kind of dive a little bit more into this topic before I go into the additional audience questions. Be, because of your experience in social media, and um, I follow you on Instagram, and, and I know that fashion and, and sports and, and the merging of those um, fields is kind of something that you're very passionate about. Could you ex explain a little bit more about how it is that you are able to, you know, identify that brand and, and maybe just just say stay consistently producing content that is that appeals to your audiences and, and even understanding how, how do you even know the audience that you're trying to appeal to? Oh, for sure. I, I It's a journey as everything else. Um, my journey on, on social media and Instagram really started when I moved from Europe to the U.S., I had so many European friends who wanted to follow what I do and where I am. Uh, it was cool to see what I do. And it started to pick up on social media. I went from, I don't know, 2000 followers to 10,000 followers during my time at Full Sail because I was posting a lot about uh, entertainment on campus, what it's like to live as a European in America. And my boyfriend was playing uh, golf professionally at that time. So I showed a lot of behind the scenes from golf events, uh, other sports events. So 
it already started to pick up um, really by Europeans following me what it's like to live in, in America. So it was primarily for, for Europe. Um, and then when I started to work at the academy, that's when I started to focus even more on golf and, and sports and really show behind the scenes and film on campus. So it grew there to about 15,000. And now I got more sports fans uh, who were following me, who just wanted to see, okay, what is it like to be, you know, working inside such a bit within IMG? Uh, how, how is it like to, to travel as an IMG employee? So it, it became very sports oriented. And then when I moved to Barcelona, to Europe, then Americans started to follow me. Okay, what is it like to actually work within the, the sports industry and entertainment in Europe? Um, so the audience kind of organically grew from there. Um, and I was just authentically telling my story. You know, my passion is, was, is always travel and different cultures and providing, uh, providing my view, my story on sports and, and fashion and, you know, global business is really what I do. And it's continuing to grow. People love it. Um, and I think it's extremely important that who I am as a person on social media, at work, uh, that everything matches and, and aligns. And that's my biggest advice for, for everybody is find, find your niche, tell that story on social media um, continuously. And that's one thing that I've learned at Full Sail as well. I remember uh, I had to create uh, a, a blog post every month. I had to create PowerPoints. Um, so Full Sail encouraged that. And I learned a lot of skills there and i think that's extremely important for everybody i certainly hear a lot of um you know the things that you learned at full sale wh whether it's brand development or or leadership a lot of those things are have been applicable throughout your career um and, and i think the 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 idea of being in entertainment business and then um, <laughs> kind of transitioning into sales and then and then ultimately coming back to uh you know recruitment and things of that nature, which, which is, is part marketing. It is leadership development I, before prior to this uh, interview, we were just chatting about the summer camps, right. That are going to be going on uh, this, this summer at IMG and, and having those leadership development classes. Right. Um, tell us, uh, and I don't want to, I, I, I hate to deviate from the audience questions, but I'm also just so curious, like, you know, talk a little bit about that bridge from the courses and how it's been directly applicable to your, to your, your work life. Yeah. I, that's one thing that I really loved about full sale. I don't think without full sale that I would have been able to do what I do now. It prepared me perfectly just understanding first of all, okay, what is it like to live in America and, and work in America? Um, and I remember, you know, reading, in, in leadership classes, reading all the books that I was recommended in full sale from Thinking Grow Rich, uh, you know, that that's a Bible. And that's something that, that I, even nowadays I, I would read. But um, really from, from taking the leadership classes and then on top of that, uh, on my own doing research, attending uh, different events on, on leadership, um, developing my own leadership style over the years has been so important. And that's one of the biggest reasons why I love IMG Academy and, and the company I work for, because we read, we try to help athletes and student athletes to reach 
their full potential in life. We mm. want them to be leaders on and off the court. And I feel the same about myself as an employee. I want to reach my full potential in life uh, at work and, and outside of work. Um, so I think, um, you know, it's 90% mental. It's your belief. It's um, it's awareness of, of what you want. It's knowing what you want, going after it, um, and really being a leader, uh, you know, helping knowing where you want to go, but then also people around you having the understanding uh, what motivates them and helping them to achieve their goals. Um, so I really think that Full Sail opened that personal development, um, that leadership role for me. It provided me the, the base and then it was on me to dig even deeper on it and, and become a better leader. I, I, I think this topic is, a, is an excellent segue into Angelica's question and, and having that uh, depth of, of self-awareness and having that uh, skill set to lead. Um, Angelica wants to know, did you ever find yourself having to, na to navigate through toxic colleagues or micromanaging managers on your journey? And, and how did you confront and overcome this as, as, a, as a leader? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, the academy or, or IMG, in the end, you know, it is a corporate business. We, we just actually went public as well. Um, it's 900 people around me and you always find toxic people uh, around you. But very early on, even through sports, uh, I realized very quickly, uh, I think you need to realize who those toxic people are and mm. just remove yourself from, from it. You know, you have to be above that. Uh, don't let your energy, uh, you know, be, be influenced by, by someone like that. Um, so yes, you, you'll always have toxic people, no matter where you go in life, um, you have to recognize it and you have to remove yourself from it and protect your energy from that and just be above that. Wonderful, wonderful, yeah. Uh, so Larea would like to know, what advice would you have for an American who wanted to move overseas? Um, would, would you recommend that they study entertainment business here or, or wait to move? Yeah, I definitely think entertainment business is here. It's in the U.S. It's born here. Uh, it's, it's happening here. So get your education here. And I'm always for uh, living abroad and, and getting that experience and, and being a foreigner. So I highly recommend do your entertainment business degree here and then work for a global company. I think that's important uh, when you move to Europe or wherever you want to move in the world. Um, I think the whole world is global. So try to find an international company that has multiple offices across the globe and, um, you know, tell them up front, I would be interested in uh, potentially moving to Asia in two years or I'm interested in, in traveling. So definitely go for it, but get your education here in the U.S. in, in entertainment because that's your you guys are the experts in that. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Uh, one, one topic that I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to circle back to in, 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 in regards to leadership, um, especially about, you know, you mentioned earlier about uh, following girl boss, right? And, and I'm kind of curious about your take on female leadership and, 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 and as you've risen through the ranks at IMG and, and how being a, uh, a female has uh, impacted your experience there. Oh, for sure. I, I always say, and, and you know, I, I never judge someone based on 
their gender or their religion or where they're from. I, I want to know who you are as a person, what you stand for and what your values are. So I, I never looked at myself as, oh, I'm a female uh, entering this. It's always, what do I bring to the table? What does Martina, what is your vision? What is your idea to this? So I, I never felt disadvantaged as a, as a female. I always had a seat at the table. I always fight for if, if I think something is, is worth fighting. But definitely, you know, over the last three years, there is a movement, obviously, within, within the female uh, world, within uh, entertainment business um, and equal pay. Um, so I think that the timing is perfect for females right now. Um, so become loud. There is no disadvantage between us or, or, or males. It's, it's really not your gender. It's, it's what you bring to the table. It's who you are as a person and fighting for that. So stand up for yourself always. And I think there's more open-mindedness now, especially in the corporate world about females. I think HR and companies are pushing females and pushing different perspectives and different cultures now more than ever. So I really think that as a female, uh, especially coming from a different country, people are now more open-minded and are actually looking for that. So go for it um, and, and stand up for yourself, but don't, don't look at it. I never looked at it as a, as a disadvantage. Um, so really make that, your, make that your brand. Excellent, excellent. Maybe in a similar vein, um, are, are there any mentors that you've had or, or, or leaders that you've, that you've looked up to that really have inspired you in the past few years? Yeah, I, I always felt, uh, I mean, in, in different parts of my life, I always had somebody guiding me. I think it's extremely important. Um, I had in Barcelona, I had uh, someone from Europe who worked within that industry who helped me just you know, from, from a different perspectives who knew the business on why don't you try this or let me connect you to that person. Um, even here in, in the US, I had a female uh, a mentor who's really high up the ranks um, within the entertainment industry. And, and we just connected naturally and organically. It wasn't forced. It wasn't something, you know, that corporate said, uh, oh, no, find a mentor and meet once per month. I'm never for that. I think it needs to click naturally. Mm. I think you need to find yourself naturally. And um, I always think that the mentor and the mentee, they, you know, me as a mentor, I need to see myself with, in, in my mentee. And I want to see that drive. I want to see that we have the same why. Um, and I, I always think that, that it should happen organically and naturally. And mm. Uh, I currently have mentees and I currently have a mentor and I, I think that's extremely important. I, I, I certainly agree. I think that, you know, having mentor, having a mentee kind of helps you stay fresh and, 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 and learning and, and, you know, offering, offering your advice and wisdom is, is uh, of course, I'm sure your mentees are extraordinarily appreciative. Um, I'm kind of curious about, you know, and you're, you're touching on it a little bit, um, the, 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 the natural nature of connecting with somebody and, and maybe you could talk a little bit about uh not strategies but but a mindset when you're approaching the the, the world of networking sure i always think it should be authentic and uh natural uh i don't like those forced uh you know this department meets at 5 p.m and here's the topic. <laughs> um, i think you should you should come as as you are 
Um, and I think it's always, it's always finding what drives that other person. Do you, what are the things you have in common? And the more you have in common, the better the conversation will be. So I think uh, listening in the beginning, if you feel shy or you don't know really how to connect to somebody, um, you know, I, I think uh, going deep as well, asking them, why are you here? Um, how can I help you? Those are, those are two questions I think that always work um, and really connecting from human to human and not something, okay, we have 10 minutes, uh, you know, let me write down everything that, that you want me to know. No, go deep. Why are you here? What is your goal? What are your dreams? Mm. Uh, share the same from, from your side and then see if it naturally clicks or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, no problem. Right. There's, there's other, other folks out there that you can click with for sure. Exactly. I'm, I'm kind of wondering if there's any particular moment and, and, and folks, uh, we're, we're kind of coming close to the end of the program. So if you have any additional questions, I highly encourage you to ask them. And, and I want to thank you so much for all the questions that you've asked thus far. It's been such a rich conversation because of your participation. Thank um, you. I, I'm kind of curious about, you know, since achieving the, the global outreach manager position, um, is there any moment or, or experience that stands out to you as, wow, okay, like I'm, I'm here, this is what I'm doing, I'm, I'm in the now, I'm in the present, and, and you just kind of are in perhaps like a state of flow or, or, or understanding or, or sense of purpose? Oh, I mean, there were many, just, just the <laughs> fact that I, um, you know, that I had three positions within six years, I think, um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but I think especially throughout the pandemic when mm. everything I knew, everything was out of my control. Um, but just being present on the people that I had on ground. So we, I, I was one of the first ones when it happened in Shanghai or China and then how the pandemic moved from Asia to Europe, mm. from Europe to the US, from the US to South America having people on ground and connecting on a much deeper human level is something that I'm, I'm, I'm really proud of. And knowing that I have family, friends uh, all over the world and that my team, we really came close together and, um, you know, having really a trusted relationship is something that I'm extremely proud of. Um, and then just calling me and explaining what it is and, um, you know, what, what's happening in the world, no matter where the pandemic shifts, no matter what's happening, I know that I have my team on ground and I know that the, when the travel bans are lifted, we will go back even better. So that was, I would say, my proudest moment that throughout the pandemic, when everything was falling apart, everything disappeared, my relationship was never better with my, with my team, never deeper. Do, do you imagine that, you know, I, I, prior to this conversation, you were saying that you're going to New York City for the first time since the pandemic. Do, do you imagine the transition back to normalcy will be uh, just as challenging or interesting as, as you know, going from the, the workplace to the work at home experience? I think, yeah. I mean, in the, here in the U.S., in, you know, people are vaccinated. Um, Europe is following. Latin America is following. I think within 22, we should go back to our normal schedules. And even I think people have just had enough of, of staying at home, especially mm. with the kids. They want to reward them. Our summer uh, at the academy 
we're, we're having over 6,000 campers coming. We never had such a summer like this and the pandemic is still going on. So I can see that people are craving experience <laughs> and they want to go out and they want to go back to normal. And we kind of, we can learn from history after the Spanish flu, the golden twenties, everyone went out, everyone wanted to celebrate. So I think it will come. I think by next year, uh, that people will appreciate even more the in-person experiences and the travel. We will all be more mindful and more conscious. Um, so I definitely think it it will be it will be back even better. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and uh, Chantanelle is saying, oh, craving craving social experience. I think that's very true. I think uh, once once we are through the other side, that will we're, we're we're certainly going to be craving that social experience. Oh, for sure. Uh, so I, I want to start wrapping up the conversation. I just kind of want to want to give you a chance to any any. I mean, you, the conversation has been rich with excellent advice and a lot of wonderful insights. I'm wondering if there's anything uh, that any final parting words that you'd like to share. Things that maybe you didn't get to touch on, um, whether it's OPT experience or just just being hyper focused on your mission. Um, what kind of advice would you offer as as a final parting word? Um, I'd say my biggest advice and the, and the biggest point uh, I want to share is number one, have your dream and go for it. Um, and number two is going deep, become clear, become focused on uh, on what it is that you that you want to do. Uh, so find your niche within the niche and really go deep. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned because in, in Europe, you know, you know a little bit about everything. You play an instrument, you have a language, you travel. So you're well-versed in a lot of things. But I feel here in the U.S. and what I've really learned in my career and at Full Sail is go deep on what you want. Understand what it is and dive into it. And um, I think Full Sail is the, the biggest platform for that. You have the biggest support system. Uh, around you. You have all the tools that you need in order to succeed, but ultimately it's up to you. You need to find those tools. You need to grab them as soon as possible and you have to find your way in, in order to make that happen. And know that I'm still digging. You know, I, I'm still <laughs> in that journey. I'll, I think I'll be digging with 80 years. I think that's why <laughs> it's a journey, but you have to understand that and start doing that as soon as possible. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Wonderful words of advice. Folks, I, I want to say thank you so much uh, to the audience for participating in, in today's discussion. Your questions and comments have made the, the discussion so, so much more engaging, so much more fun. I, I greatly appreciate your participation. Martina, I, I can't stress enough how wonderful it's been chatting with you and, and, and uh, I've been taking notes the whole time. I feel like there's a lot of good advice for everyone applicable, everyone in the audience, including myself. It's just been an absolutely wonderful conversation. Thank you so, so thank much. You. This was awesome. And for everyone, if you want to connect with me, reach out to me via LinkedIn. It's my first name and my last name, Martina Knezhevich. Reach out via Instagram, martina.knezhevich. Uh, I'm always happy to connect with you. I, over, I already feel we have a big connection point with wholesale i understand where you're coming from um so always reach out to me i'm i'm here for you guys and thank you for the opportunity to to share my story absolutely absolutely thank you so much and and, and for the, the active audience the active students um 
Mary Gossett did just drop a link in the in the chat. Um, if you want to fill it out to collect your GPS points for the event, um, I encourage you to go back into the chat and, and, and find that. Um, once again, Martina, thank you so much. Have a wonderful afternoon. I hope to speak with you in the near future. Absolutely. Thank you. Excellent. Have a good day. Excellent. You too. Thanks a lot, y'all.